Hello and welcome to Experience Share. It's a Pokemon podcast starring me, Tanstradon. Gastrodon? Ugh. I think I like it. I think I don't like it. I think I've done a swap. I think in previous gens I did like it. But it just feels a little like, I don't know, something unsavory about it to me. I would hate to touch it. Yeah, exactly. It's ground in water, right? And it looks slimy. Like, what is the texture of this thing? Yeah. It always uses muddy water as its opening move. Oh, and it looks like a big wave of piss. It's so gross. God, I should have made this thing my... Did I make this thing my You Make Me Barf? I should have. I think you have. No. At some point. Well, that big wave of piss washing over my team at the start of every battle is just like, ugh. I just think its face is cute. Yeah, I guess I don't mind its face and its little, like, wrestler mask. A.K.A. Tanner Green Ring. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host... Necrozmosh. Let's see what Cerebi says here so we don't get called out. How do you pronounce this thing? Necrozma. Oh, we've been saying it right. Necrozma. Necrozmosh. I also recently picked up like the official Pokemon Ultimate Pokedex books or whatever that they release every generation or so so that I could start oh, yeah. teaching myself, you know, bettering myself at pronouncing. Oh, uh, you just you're doing it just for the pronunciation guides. It's in um alphabetical order so it actually is often faster than me having to like open up my phone or my computer to like google a pokemon and look it up well and it's probably more trustworthy than fucking bulbapedia which has really fallen apart this season this generation they didn't even have a guide for us yeah i was gonna say this ever since we kicked off this season and we've had to rely on the second and third tier sources for guides i think it's really shown a new dark light speaking of necrozma on bulbapedia and their appendices on all of these alolan dex pokemon are laughable just tell us don't say may or probably might how about you just make a decision yeah and also get things right it's not a coconut crap wikipedia it's more uh buttoned up cousin doesn't say maybe it's this they get in a big long fight in the comments, and then they hide all that, and then somebody wins, and it's that's the answer. Yeah. And that's what Bulbapedia should be doing. Yeah. It's a perfect system. And every year they beg me for money. And I, I look down at them and I say, no. We need to get the president of Bulbapedia on here. That's a call out I don't, post. I should know his name. He's constantly begging me for money. I think it's Jimmy something. <laughs> Jimmy Whale Lord. Oh, you said Bulbapedia, not Wikipedia. We should have Jimmy Wales on, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, but my joke was pretty good. Your joke was great. I'm sorry I didn't give it space. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, everyone. (laughs) I thought we were ripping. The CEO of Bulbapedia is Jimmy Whale Lord. Come on. Really good joke. Thank you. I liked it. I just wanted to give it space there. Joshua, this is Experience Share. It's Pokemon Podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm Josh Fielstead. You're Josh Fielstead. We're playing through um, Pokemon Ultra Moon and Ultra Sun, and we're Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. We're in the shoot. Yeah, we're in the cutscene shoot. That's going to kind of see us through to the end of the game. It's now. funny that you hesitated for a moment there about what we were playing, considering we've been playing this game for just months and months, a million episodes. Yeah, yeah. We're still figuring out the new calculus of like not necessarily being gym by gym every week, but maybe Ooh, this was a tough. One. We overcorrected a couple <laughs> of times during this season. Well, uh, once again, I point my finger at Bulbapedia and their lack of resources for us because this like let's play Ultra Moon guide is a little up and down. Yeah, the from the fandom.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
they'll make big big sections look small and small sections look big. But I think that's just because they're like describing a lot of cutscenes. Aether Paradise has its own entire section. And so you think, oh, that must be really long. That's gonna take forever. And then that yeah. was basically you walk in and then you just fight like a couple of dweebs and then you have a cutscene and that's it. I accidentally sent us on on a a Tolkien-esque journey this week, Joshua. Yeah. We did like a land survey. We really should have put the um, altar and the sun of moon, the summoning ceremony. Should have been its own Should thing. have been uh, either its own thing or we should have attached that to last week, I think. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I think the entire like ultra wormhole segment was plenty. Yeah. <laughs> and taking on the hardest battle. Well, let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves, Joshua. We had some breaking news, right? We wanted to discuss... We're not a Pokemon news podcast by any means. If you want that, you can go to any of the other Pokemon podcasts that are not Pokemon role-playing podcasts. Right. It's pretty much all of them. But we have something to say, and I think it's time that we sort of like interrupt the the kind of national conversation. I know everyone's been waiting for our opinion on this. <laughs> they know that we won't be playing Scarlet and Violet for untold amount of time, but we Years. keep getting asked questions about and spoiling us on the Pokemon that are in the game. Yeah. It's like a buzzswole situation, you know? Yeah. My, like, primitive brain can't handle the things you're sending me from the far future, including, what is this thing called? Gabagool? Gabagool? What is it? Gimme Ghoul? Gimme Ghoul. It's certainly not. Gimme Ghoul. Gimme Ghoul. We've been baited on um, Twitter by the bug catchers to weigh in on Gimme Ghoul. Absolutely terrible. Name. As though we would have any idea what it is. Think of the evolution that's happened over the last like three gens. <laughs> and all the new Pokemon who have been introduced, the new like rule sets. And you're just throwing Gimme Ghoul at us. I don't know. I feel like an ape. I feel like an ape yeah, hammering yeah. away at the monolith. Exactly. You know? We're just a couple of prime apes here. We don't know what the hell's going on barely in the games that we're already meandering through. And then you throw us something generations ahead of where we are and then ask us to weigh in. But with all those disclaimers out of the way, let's weigh in on this thing. I think it sucks. So it's it's golden, golden, and the, there's no pronunciation guide yet for this. So yeah, the pre-evolved form is Gimme Ghoul. And I guess you have to go around Pal... The uh, okay the region and you have to collect coins and then eventually it turns into a treasure chest and then eventually it turns into a as Tanner described a string cheese looking thing yeah string cheese incident here and it's called Golden Go Gold Golden Go Goldengo Goldengo that sounds kind of maybe fine I think in order Gimme Ghoul is okay sure. I think Gimme Ghoul chest form, where the little guy is in a big treasure chest, is great. If the treasure chest is something that it finds, kind of like a hermit crab, I like it. If it's part of its body, I don't like it. That's absolutely what's happening here, Joshua. And I hate to say that to you, but I think the chest is a treasure chest that's been haunted by this little voodoo doll. And the little voodoo doll becomes like a little parasite who lives inside the chest. I think it it's a possesses the treasure chest, which is fine. Mutual relationship, yes. I think it goes out and collects coins and brings it back to the treasure chest, all in service of turning itself into golden goo, 
which wrecks the the entire line and <laughs> completely invalidates Gimme Ghoul. Yeah. If Gimme Ghoul is cool or interesting or cute or nice or funny in any way, it's 100% invalidated by Golden Go, who's fucking awful. Inexplicably becomes like fully humanoid and then it like has like a the chest on its belt. It has a belt. I don't like it because it reads that in the descriptions that it flings the coins at Pokemon and people, and I don't like that because the coins are now just part of its body. Previously, it's inhabiting and possessing them. I like Delmize. I've learned that Delmize is the algae, and then that is possessing and controlling the anchor and the steering wheel, so that's cool. But I don't like it when it's now just the coins. There's a, a, a someone who I suspect is a huge deal in the world of Pokemon. And I'm going to treat them with reverence. And it seems like someone who's nice and good. Okay. And they're called Wolfie. And they're the ones who originally made the comparison between Golden Go and String Cheese Mascot. Oh, all right. Yeah, that's funny. It is literally that. It does look like that. And it sucks. But here's the thing. And you and I were arguing. We had to rush to record because we were arguing about Golden Go before we were recording. Because you and I both don't like it, but we don't like it for the opposite reasons. Right. Because I think it looks terrible, but I think the coin stuff, I think the coin stuff is like fun and interesting. And you think it looks great. You said you love the way it looks. I don't would hate not, the coin stuff. I would not go that far. <laughs> okay, well, too bad we weren't recording. I think I'm more neutral on how it looks. I don't like when the body parts are being flung at things. Well, it's like Mr. Fantastic, you know? That doesn't help me. Um... <laughs> It's like so. Anyway, it's like in Majora's Mask, that one big boss whose ha- whose hands are like chopped off from its body, and it's like hands just clobber you. Bongo Bongo. Yeah. Oh wait, Bongo Bongo is Ocarina of Time. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, about? yeah. At the the like Death Temple, Shadow Temple. I don't like yeah, Bongo that's Bongo either. Body parts. You probably think Bongo Bongo is cool. I don't like that either. That boss sucks. I don't like fighting fucking or disembodied body parts. That's not fun to me there's a, there's a lot of hand bosses do you remember the hand boss from super smash brothers master hand yeah is it in all of them yeah to some extent it's somehow okay. part of it i just remember it from the n64 version anyway that's the breaking news i guess they're coming down that's the breaking news here's our here's our assessment boo overall we both think barf yeah yeah barf give me ghoul fine golden go barf neither sweetie and it makes me weep Maybe this is unfair, but I'm saying anyway, it makes me weep for the slow decline of Pokemon if this is what I have to look forward to. They gave Goldengo number 1000. That's the 1000th Pokemon, that thing. <laughs> Come on. Even if you like it, don't you think that could have been better for a slot thousand? All right, that's it. Josh, while we're here in the... Housekeeping section. Yeah. Totem tally. Mm, yeah. Totem tally. We really did have to go back to every single past island this week. Zygarde did not happen. Sorry. I thought it would, but apparently it's like a fucking post-game thing. So, see ya. So, your scheme with Zygarde, which I'm pleased to know about because I can prepare for that, you can't actually execute against that quite yet. I don't think so. I didn't run into anything that let me do it. And we're still locked off from like the upper northeast part of Pawnee Island. Yeah, and that's causing me some problems because I know we're battling today, and aside from 
being scared about our level differences, there are a number of TMs that I need in that area in order to actually make my team work. <laughs> I think there's a couple in there I need to. I do remember like being on the back of Tauros, like trying at every single path I could find along the like edge of that dark border. But I think there's a couple TMs I need in there too. Yeah. But we did go back and look at every island and I did manage to source one more totem sticker, but I'm only at 86 and frankly- One measly sticker. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where else to look. So my sticker days might be over. I got another three. I picked up another three this week. I'm at 86. You're at what, 90? I'm at 90. And that's because I did a backtrack, but I'll save it until we get into the actual part of the story. And what what a bit of story there is. Oh, yeah. I guess we should just warn the bug catchers, like strap in, because this was like not only one of the longest legs we've ever done ever. <laughs> it had like some of the hardest battles we've ever done ever. It was a nightmare. And it was just mostly a cutscene. It was a cutscene punctuated by extremely difficult battles. Yeah, it was a relief that it was at least not like joke battles and you could pick up quite a bit of experience from them, but it was literally just cutscene battle, cutscene battle, cutscene battle. I don't think this game is appreciated in the world of Pokemon, like narratively, but I don't hate this game story. It's like pretty easy to churn through, like everyone's motivations are pretty clear, you know? Yeah, we can wrap our 30 something year old grown adult men minds around it it's like this this big beast eats light it's sorry it ate, ate all the light in your world and you know what that's going to be a real pain in the ass for you because you're going to have to go grind out some fucking levels to take this thing on and you're going to have to do it in the fucking pitch black yeah you won't be able to see a thing i mean that was the worst and that's what i mean i i think we're getting ahead of ourselves maybe we should just let's talk we should open up this pit AKA this ultra wormhole. Yeah, to, let's to quote Kid Rock, let's get in the pit and try to love someone. And I think maybe that's just the radio edit version of the song. Might be fuck wouldn't somebody, it be but... fuck someone probably? I don't know. Um, <laughs> we find ourselves at the base of the altar of the moon, or in your case, the altar of the sun. The sunny and the moon. And they spell it in a stupid way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, sacred. I hate when anything does that to try to make something seem old timey, except for the ye old curiosity shop in Seattle. That one's cute. Everything else. Yeah. It's phoning it in. Well, and ye old Brooklyn bagel on Vanderbilt. Fine. Everything else, no. We go up, we take our place, we twiddle our little flutes alongside Lily, who's over on the other side. And Cosmoem, terrible name, uh, flies up into the sky and becomes a big bat. <laughs> yeah. Or a big weird lion in my case. And I think it's time we finally sit down and, and talk about Dusk Main Necrozma and Dawn Wings Necrozma. Okay. Because I have a lot of questions for you. Chief among them, a question that sort of splits the timeline, so you'll have to bear with me here, but... Is it a bad guy? Dawnwing's Necrozma. And is it a chill guy? Duskmane Necrozma. Hmm. And I'll, I guess I'll kick off the conversation by just ask, by saying, once again, I don't know if it's just like I've become, I've gone soft, you know, but I don't think these are terrible 
looking like box art legendaries. I thought you going into this, you did. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But now that you've seen them in the wild, you don't mind. When they turn into like the one where they're like warped with Necrozma, kind of looks cool. I never minded Solgaleo. Yeah, Solgaleo especially looks cool when he's like mean Solgaleo. Yeah, it's. I think when it's in base form, it's like innocuous. It's fine. It's like a lion Pokemon. It's got fucking. He's fucking ripped up. But he's got huge muscles. I think Duskmane version is pretty sweet. They made the Pokemon so muscly this generation. It's Cinderor, Buzzswole, Solgaleo. All of the Machamps that are in the overworld that I, I am going to have yet another comment about coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they make them all so buff? Uh, it would also say Dawn Wings Necrozma's cool, kind of cool. Click on that link I sent you and go back I and look it. at all the box art Pokemon. I don't really like L- Lunala, I'll say. Yeah, it's fine. I can't really wrap my head around it. When you see its cute little face, it's kind of okay. Yeah, when you're riding on its back, which we're <laughs> about to do, that's cute when you look at its head. Yeah. But the body is very strange. Yeah, it's sort of just a big, ugly, weird bat. But clicking on this game mascot link on Bulbapedia, they're maybe the best box art mascots since like Gen 3 or Gen 2. I don't know. Certainly better than Dialga, Palkia, and Giratina. Yeah. Certainly better than Reshiram and Zekrom. Oh, I mean, I think they're certainly better certainly than Certainly better than Zernius and Veltal. Veltal. Yeah, I, I think I would probably, you know, a gut reaction is at least Gen 3 best looking. I'll say this. I think Solgigaleo and Lunala are both in their basic forms. Both chill guys. <laughs> Especially when you see Lunala's little, yeah. little funny face. Yeah, you can't say that a lion is a bad guy. They're like famously the symbol of like liberty and like freedom and shit. Famously a stand-in for Jesus Christ if you're C.S. Lewis, but <laughs> Dusk Mane and Dawn Wings, both definitely bad guys. Yeah, I don't think there's any way around that. They like put on like bomber jet armor. They're cool, but they're bad guys. Okay, well, great. Two sides of the same coin, chill and bad. I summoned mine, and it opened up a wormhole for me. And shortly thereafter, Necrozma popped out of the wormhole and bound itself to Solgaleo in your in your case and Lunala in mine. Yeah, that's right. And fled into the ultra wormhole. So we have to give chase. Well, we battle it first, and then it leaps in. Yeah, we battle it first, and you th- try to throw a ball at it. And it's like, you can't catch this thing. It's like, why the fuck not? It's a Pokemon, isn't it? This battle was actually fine. I didn't struggle here. Yeah, I don't think I did either. It's level 50, Dusk Mane or Dawn Wings. And then it hops into the wormhole after that, after you've defeated it. And our only choice is to... Finally initiate a conversation with the Ultra Recon Squad. We've been resisting it this entire game. Let's get real. They've been pestering us, but we have been mostly avoiding them. Yeah, they're finally telling us the goddamn truth. Yeah. Even though we we absolutely crushed them in every battle that we ever had with the Ultra Recon Squad and their one little lousy poiple, they only after defeating Necrozma in this instance do they recognize our capability and so now they're willing to let us use their warp tech to ride on their ultra beasts and then reach the world where necrozma is gone aka megalopolis 
Yeah, and um, and they give us Poiple. Well, not yet. Oh, it's not yet. No, we had to beat. They, the I mean, Ultra it doesn't version. really matter. It doesn't matter because I didn't. I don't think I'm going to run Poiple on my team. No, but I took it. I took it. I'm sure. I'm certainly not going to have it on Parrothead's team. I could have it on my team, but I won't. It's poison type, right? Yeah, and it becomes that a very phallic Naga Nadal or whatever. Oh yeah, I think it's a it's a it's an anti-vax Pokemon. It makes you afraid of needles. <laughs> we are ultra entering the Ultra Warp, Joshua. It sucks, and I struggled <laughs> in the Ultra Warp um, because of my non-regulation equipment doesn't have gyro controls. So when I hopped on the back of Soul Galeo and hopped into the warp hole, my only choice was to run in a straight line until I hit something. And the first couple times, I think the ultra warp universe thing is sort of a nightmare. Yeah, I I thought this bit was terrible. No, I mean like narratively, because the first couple like ultra wormholes that I just happened to collide into and got sucked into were just sort of like isolated caves. No entrance, no exit with one like poor Pokemon like locked in here. Yeah, they're like, they're trapped. It's purgatory. Yeah. I mean, it's like where Guzma and Lusamine were. They must have been in one of these little... One of these little caves. These caves. Oh, we should say, also, in the act of opening up the wormhole, Lusamine and Guzma come tumbling out. Yeah, we got them. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, oh, great. Um, I guess this Pokemon I named after, named in your honor, Guzma, will just share a name with you now. <laughs> this new Pokemon I have, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, it was, it was out of respete. But eventually, I did manage to, like, worm my way through... The ultra wormhole. That's how many times did you have to do it if you have to go in a straight line and then you have to hit the you specifically have to go into the white wormhole to get to ultra megalopolis. I think like four. I think eventually it just ports you into there because it realizes when you go back into the ultra wormhole later, you have the option to change to circle pad. Yeah. To control your your guy. But it must figure like oh some kids can't figure out the gyro control so it eventually well, just shoots you into the right port some kids and adults because i'll say even on regulation equipment absolutely non-functional <laughs> and maybe my ds is <laughs> so old or something but like this is terrible having to navigate with the gyroscope yeah you need to hit like circles that are like boosts on rainbow road in mario kart 8 yeah and they boost you and then you can finally make it long enough to get into the white one and then that's megalopolis but the gyro controls are awful and i would always end up in some side dimension where i'm trapped with like a big quagsire or something yeah a mag cargo who's like emaciated right and being locked in this hell dimension I was so frustrated that I looked it up and then I learned you have to run it at least once. I think I ran it three times and to no avail. And so I went, apparently you can go to the Game Freak office in Heia Heia City. There's an Aether Foundation person there and they're like, oh, I got this new technology. Like, try it out. Uh, And then it's like, do you prefer Circle Pad or Gyro or whatever? I did that. And then I was like, well... I'm here on Heia Heia, and I'm right by the Hano Grand Resort. I'm going to go over there because I feel like maybe I didn't explore that fully. Oh. I got oh. distracted by Chew, the Chewster and the, the Pikachu wedding, and then I realized, and then I, <laughs> in retrospect, because I went into the actual hotel, I realized I never actually went into the hotel. I was only out in the garden. So that's where I found three more stickers, and I also am going to issue 
a late trainer danger. Oh, okay. Be on the lookout on subsequent playthroughs. I saw a very disturbing scene within the lobby of the Hano Grand Resort where there's two golfer girlies, you know, the golfer trainer. Yeah. Been hanging out in parking lots a lot. Yeah. And this time they're hanging out with their golf clubs in the lobby and they're both regarding a champ that's there. Uh-huh. There's one girly on one side and then the other on the other other side of the champ. And they're both like, oh, look at its glistening huge muscles like i bet oh joshua i bet this thing would be able to haul our golf clubs around all day and it's like very strange and sultry strange thing and then it says the machamp seems uncomfortable yeah i seem uncomfortable and then you get a dialogue option to intervene or like let it go on and like Parrothead was like you know sexual harassment is not chill oh you stepped in so he gets involved yeah the, oh it was like it's like an episode of that show like what would you do is that what it was called God, i don't know where like actors go into like a cafe and like stage like spousal abuse and they Jesus. secretly film everyone to see if like anyone steps in that's a show yeah it was on like cnn that sounds really dark <laughs> it was really dark um <laughs> You stepped in. Knowing Skullgrunt, he would not intervene in this situation. There's a twist, though, and there is now going to be a double trainer danger on the Machamp, because after you beat golf buddies Tara and Tina, who both have Oracorios, and you chase them off, thinking that you just did a good deed, the Machamp suddenly goes, hey, man, why'd you do that? Oh, I don't think I can handle a talking Machamp, Joshua, if that's what you're telling me. Yeah. It had better be a guy in a fucking costume. I'm not a Pokemon. I'm a born and bred human being. Duh, bro. And apparently, this guy in a Machamp costume had cooked up a whole scheme where he was going to be the golf caddy for these girlies, and then he was the one who was going to be probably sexually harassing them. And so it's a whole mess. It's a whole mess. And they're all canceled. (sighs) It was just a Machamp costume, and what's going on over in Alola with the hypnos and the Machamp costumes that people are all wearing, and it's all very confusing and psychosexual. I just want vindication, <laughs> you know, it, that it's not no. us. The psychosexual stuff is not us. No. And Pokemon Company has really steered into it in this gen. Yes. They've been in the game the whole time, starting with Whitney. Accelerated by And her. here we are. Josh is locked into some kind of, like, weird, like, class bestiality fur suit what do you even call it? it's like a skin suit. what's the lesson i'm learning here i tried to do the right thing and like intervene when i saw harassment and then like i kind of end up getting harassed it's very very confusing i guess what you did is the most honorable thing is you sort of like took the emotional the psychic damage there And stopped two instances of sexual harassment. Yeah, yeah. That's how I would spin it. So it's really, it's really honorable. And I'm I'm definitely not planning on doing that. I I will let these like, these wolves eat themselves. I would avoid it, especially because their Pokemon are, (laughs) their Pokemon are level like 20 or something, because I totally forgot about it. So it's not, it's not really worth it. But uh, yeah, that's the first retroactive, uh, Trainer danger. Doubled trainer danger ever issued.
Oh yeah, navigating it with the circle pad is so easy. Oh yeah, it's much better. And I think later when we go back to hunt down Buzzswole, because there's absolutely no chance I'm letting that thing, an opportunity like Buzzswole pass me up. <laughs> I think it, it's advantageous to get further and further down the pipeline. I think the further down you get- Yeah, the Pokemon get rarer. Is the chance- And they can get, get shiny. Ultras. Although, am I, did maybe one of the cutscenes imply that ultra, all the ultra Pokemon are like in Alola now? Yeah, the beginning of the cutscene is that they were on the loose. Yeah, when we see a big like Pokemon that looks like a big castle on legs hanging out with Hal's grandpa back on Melee Melee. Yeah, and I went over there. And he wasn't there. Right before this, and everybody was just hanging out. And like, there was no problem. I went right after because we have to go back to find, we'll get there. God, this is a leg. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Megalopolis and the Megalo Tower. I finally met your... Ultra Recon Squad. Oh, and I guess I met yours, yeah, who greet you when you get to the city gates. Well, I wouldn't say greet. I would say, like, plead with you to go up and save their universe, which, by the way, you don't even end up doing. No. Ultra Mean Necroza has fled to here and is perched on top of Megalo Tower in the middle of like sucking Megalopolis. Up the light. Sucking up all the light. This, yeah. like, very Tron-esque city that's all like locked down and they got like barricades. And then atop the tower is this big thing. And also back in your universe, before you got here, everything is dark. Oh yeah. So any of the training that we have to do is in near pitch black. It's like going into a cave in an old, in like another Pokemon game where you need flash to light it up. Except the whole place is like that. Everywhere. Yeah. It's miserable. And you get to the top of Megalo Tower. The hardest Pokemon in the world is up there. It one hits your entire team. And now this one's ugly. Ultra Necrozma. Ultra Necrozma. Psychic Dragon. Every move seemingly better than the last. It's a totem Pokemon technically, so all of its stats are buffed. It has a super effective move for everything on your team somehow. <laughs> yeah, seemingly. <laughs> one hit KO every single Pokemon. Every single thing. The very first time I tried to beat it, Incineroar, like my best friend, like my good bud, almost got one-hitted, but like t literally turned to me and blew me a kiss and was like, I'm here for you and managed to hold on because I think we're such good friends. Oh, yeah. But then subsequently died in the next hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to leave. I had to go back down to your guys. They're like, did you do it? Did you save our universe? I was like, no, I have to take Soul Geek. Galgio back to my universe and grind out some levels in Vaspani Canyon for a while first. Yeah. I mean, I whited out. I think I, I hurled myself with a couple of like feeble strategies twice and then trained a bit more and then failed again and then trained in that fucking Pony Canyon for like another two hours or so. Just miserable grinding it out with like the bulldoors and the machokes and the skarmories. Well, I'm going to say this. Let's go Let's go to break, Ugh. and then let's come back and do level check, because let's talk about the teams we brought in to fight Necrozma. Okay. All right. Be back in a second. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we are. We finally leveled up our Pokemon. We're finally ready to take on Ultra Necrozma. Uh, this big, I don't know, it just looks like a big dumb thing. I don't know. It's got disembodied hands. You hate those, apparently. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like this one. Let's talk about the teams that we brought in with Level Check. Level Check. These are my levels at the end of this whole leg. I... I'm looking at this team and these levels, and I have absolutely no idea how you beat Necrozma. Or, honestly, how you beat Hapu. I mean, there was no leader, I think, that I didn't have at least one fainted Pokemon on this whole thing. But... Pretty tough. The leveling in Pony Canyon was so miserable that I had to just think and, like, figure out a way of, like... I had to cheese Necrozma, like... A scum strategy because I was like, I just can't live like this. It's not Mayor Cheat. It was all like legit, but it's Mayor Cheese. Yeah, Mayor Cheese. It's a whole new category. It's called Mayor Cheese. I had to do Mayor Cheese because we had to get this done so that I could fucking record. It's acceptable because we're busy men. Businessman. Being a Mayor Cheese is like, it's it's sort of a, it's a, it's an honor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to do it. So I think all of them were two to three levels below what they are with the exception of what I'm about to tell you with the exception of Alolan Ninetales and Delmise they were like level 40 still 40s or something and I actually just brought back Snorlax and Toucanon for the Necrozma battle because they were still higher levels at the time yeah the Ninetales and Delmise and I was like I'm going to have to fling anything at it. And I knew that Snorlax could live through at least one hit because it did in one of my other tries. So I brought them back in. Should I just say what the Mayor Cheese strategy was? Yeah, of course. That's where we're at. Okay, so after I had done some amount of leveling, what I remembered was you said that Dancer in the Pony Wilds with the four Oricorios, if you'd beaten yeah. all of the other trainers there, would give you a Focus Sash after you beat her. And I never did. Oh. So what I did was I went and finally thrashed her, took the Focus Sash. Then I taught Raichu Thunder Wave over Psychic because Psychic was useless in this battle and I have that TM too. Oh, smart. Then I went into the battle with Alolan Raichu up top. I took a hit. Whatever it's like, photon beam. Oh, God, that photon thing. Like, photon geyser or whatever, like dragon pulse. I think it was probably dragon pulse is what it used. on. Every Raichu. time I put, inevitably, I would have to throw Salazzle into the battle. And every time it was just like, <laughs> it just like shot a photon beam at it and killed it in one hit. Yeah. Like Salazzle was just like. Cannon fodder. A, a, a completely useless in this battle. Yeah, so it used... Dragon Pulse, and then Focus Sash activated. Raichu survived with one hit point. I burned the Focus Sash, worth it at this point. Yeah. Then 
I use Thunder Wave and I paralyze it because I knew it was it's so fast it could it was faster than anything. I tested all of that on the previous rounds. I got lucky. Necrozma actually was paralyzed on the next turn. So it couldn't use anything. So then Raichu manages to get in a uh stoked shock surfer or whatever it is. The mega mega move. Oh yeah. And then Raichu goes down, sacrifices, Jimmy Buffett sacrifices himself gloriously for the greater good of the parrot head. <laughs> so then I've done like, you know, a quarter, a third of damage. And then I just bring in Fruitcakes, the Neuburn, and then I use Draco Meteor on it. And then it's out. You were close to cutting that thing last week. Yeah. It, well, now I got a second win. And now it's your savior. So I actually took out Necrozma in three turns on my final battle, but only because I cheesed it and I got lucky where it actually got paralyzed. <laughs> and Draco Meteor is super effective, 150 you know plus damage. So then it was fine. And I was like, oh, okay. I had to mayor cheese, but I got the job done. Yeah, I just went out and fucking ground up my levels. I but. couldn't live like that. So I mean, that's going to serve you well when we battle and for the future, but I couldn't do it anymore. So Alolan Raichu by the end of this is level 64. Respectable. And then Coconut Passimian's level 61. Fruitcakes Noivern's level 62. Joe Merchant Talonflame is level 64. Also got a fair amount of use out of that this week. Banana Wind Alola Ninetales is 57, and Drifter Delmize is 55. I just could not. I mean, they were so far below. Yeah, that's tough. I couldn't close the gap. I don't know how. You're going to find somewhere. You've you been closing somewhere. the gap, except with your unregulated hardware as part of it. Oh, yeah. I, I do grind out my levels at 4x speed. I hope Mount Lana Kila or Laka Kila or whatever it is before the Elite Four fight in this next leg we'll actually have some good mon to train against because this was a miserable grinding situation. I hope so too. But how did Skullgrunt do it? Yeah. I did it with a new Pokemon on my team, which I'll just introduce now. His name is, or sorry, her name is Guzma. And she's a Gallus Pod. Oh. I've been trying to catch, hatch, and train this Pokemon for several weeks, and I finally did it. You've been... Threatening that since like episode two or something. Wimpod is really hard to catch. It only comes out in a few spots and it's an ambush Pokemon. So the only place I could reliably find it was the peak dividing tunnel. And that's only when in the off chance that it wasn't, you know, some other Pokemon that drops down from the ceiling. Golbat, I think. I see. Wow. So I caught it, but then I had to get a move on it. So then I had to go and catch a Pineco and train it up and then... Put Pineco and Gallispod in a nursery so that I could learn a certain move onto my Gallispod. Wow, you uh, never do that. I know, but I did it this time. You must have really wanted this move. It's one of my favorite moves. Yeah. I bet I know what it is. I bet it's some kind of an arena effect. So then that's Guzma, my Gallispod, level 66. Jesus. And then hopping back, Jesse, my Totem Slazzle, level 63. Fine. James, my totem mimic you, level 67, who was Ouch. crucial in this Ultra Necrozma fight, both because of decoy. Shadow Claw or whatever. It does know Shadow Claw, but it was like play rough, like took a lot of damage off. So by the end of this training, mimic you, if not other Pokemon, could withstand hits from Necrozma on their own? Could barely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's easily the hardest Pokemon I've ever fought 
in this like Persian on its own. Oh, sorry. I also okay. Let's let's keep going. I have Colres Vicavolt level sixty four, Giovanni Incineroar level sixty six, who could also withstand a hit. And then back on the team, having finally replaced Low Punny, I searched high and low, Joshua, for a more palatable Pokemon to replace Low Punny. Uh huh. But at the end of the day, I think this is the best choice for my team. Welcome back, Getsis. Alolan Persian. Wow. Interesting. Level 64. Good potential match for Incineroar if they're romantically compatible. Sexually? Romantically? What do you mean? Yeah. Romantically, sexually, I don't know. I mean, they're both cats. She's sort of like a- um, Dark type cats. She is um, a more traditional like cat shape and stance, but I don't think he's turned off to that. Yeah. I'm not. I don't know. I'm just saying, could work. These are the teams we brought into Ultra Necrozma. Those are the cheesy tactics, mayor cheese tactics we had to use to get there. We finally beat this thing. Necrozma like dissolves into a, an ultra wormhole. Apparently flies back to Alola. So- Unfortunately, Ultra Megalopolis is still bathed in darkness. You go back down and like the Ultra Recon Squad's like, well, that's too bad. Um, good luck. Yeah. And you're back in the real world with Lunala back in hand. Yeah. And then essentially the second we step out of the wormhole, we're assaulted by Mina, who I had completely forgotten about. The trial captain of Pawnee Island. Right. Who's like, now you have to do my trial. And you're like, okay, fine. It's a battle. She's fairy type. She looks fairly high as well. She's fairly high and she is fairy type. And her Pokemon were very easy. Yeah, this was a welcome respite after all that. When you're done battling her, a totem Pokemon flies into her art studio and attacks you. And it's my You Make Me Barf Pokemon of the Week. And it's Totem Rabombi. Which is such a joke that even <laughs> Mina makes fun of it. What does she say? It's not really what she says. It's how she says it. This is like right after you've completed all the trials. Like you've, you've beaten the game. You've, you've mastered every trial. You've defeated every Megacorp. And then you've done this like tedious fetch quest for her where you've gone and gotten all of the pedals from all of the trainers and you come back and she fashions it into like a little flower badge and she says, okay, are you ready? Like, here comes the totem Pokemon. Like, this is it. Like, this is the big battle. Like, are you sure you're ready for this thing? And then it cuts to like, we go to cutscene, and it's like a POV of this thing approaching you. And it looks huge. It's like looking down on you. And then eventually the camera swings back around and it's like this big reveal, this big joke reveal that it's Rabombi. So even even Pokemon Company, even Game Freak is like, this thing is a is a joke. It's like, who the hell let that thing in here? It's a joke. It went down to like, to um, I think like a Flare Blitz or something. Like yeah, I, I think I used like Flamethrower or like Acrobatics. I mean, what, what a joke. Why is this a totem? Yeah. And then it's also like, good luck. Hey. Good luck chasing that 100 totems to the tally stickers, buddy, because that's what's waiting for us is that big dumb thing. <laughs> Whatever. It's harmless. It's harmless. How about this? It's harmless. It's a little, like, cute, like, beanie baby bumblebee, but it's terrible Pokemon. It's too easy. It's too easy. It's just a bee. Mina's like, thanks for the battle, but 
that was only the first part of my trial because here's a pedal. Yeah. The Rabambi part happens after you do her trial because you have to go collect these seven petals from all of all across the Alola region given to you by each of the trial captains you've faced on your journey. The fetch questiest fetched quest. Yeah. Although I'm not going to complain about the EXP you get from all these battles. Yeah, some slightly tough battles, although I think I had an answer for almost everyone at this point. And then a couple of trial captains, including the much maligned Sophocles, don't even bother battling you. They're just like, here's your fucking pedal. Get out of my face. No Sophocles you battle. No, not me. Really? Oh, Sophocles only battles you in Ultra Sun. Oh, he he was like having an argument with his like dad or whatever, whoever that guy was. The weird cousin uncle, <laughs> Mo. Yeah, Mo was not a good name. He was like, I'm I'm not the trial captain anymore. You are Sophocles, and then he was like pouting and just gave me the pedal. In uh, Ultra Sun, I don't fight Nanu, <laughs> the dilapidated cop. Oh, I fought Nanu. We were we put on a little bit of a show for it was at the Aether House for some reason. We put on a little bit of a show for some like dying children who were staying there oh yeah did a little battle the dying children were in my game but i think nanu was like hey, i gotta deal with these dying kids why don't you just take this grip claw and that's interesting purple petal ultimately meaningless but interesting yeah any of those big battles you struggled with i did all of them on the first shot but i don't think it's interesting enough to like recount really any of them but there were definitely yeah you just go through them all i lost at least a mon or two on all the battles they were all pretty good i mean i realize i have a big i mean i know and this is why i was talking about i believe it's in pony meadow or something something on pony island uh i need earthquake desperately i have no ground moves and that was a problem with a couple of these battles okay that was my only problem i mean the only flaw that was exposed to my team otherwise my coverage is looking pretty good at this point joshua we're told now that we've beaten the final trial captain yeah. That there's one more trial captain, actually. A newly minted trial captain called Hapu out on Executor Island. Yes. Here's a question, Josh. Is that a chill guy? Executor? Alolan? Alolan executor. A big palm tree. I was assuming so. I didn't really even think it was a much of a question. Oh, I'm just curious. You know, that seems like a fun sort of festive thing to have on your team. Yeah, but I don't need grass nor dragon at this point. I did debate it, though, and I caught uh, an execute in case I wanted to go that route. Oh, okay. But I, it's great. I mean, I've used it before. The pincers are still gone, uh, and the, the executors are still helpful, so you use the one to get up to the top where Hapu is waiting for you. She's a battle, um, and I have to, unfortunately... And I am incredibly embarrassed to say this. Fall on my sword. Whoa. And undo what was maybe not an official, you make me barf Pokemon, but certainly was not spoken highly of on the podcast. Yeah, you were coming down pretty hard on this Pokemon. Mudsdale. Yeah, outside of battle, you did not like it, even though I was defending it. I still think it sucks to look at, but it's got this ability called stamina. Oh. Yeah. Every time you hit it with a physical move, its defense rating goes up by one. Yeah, it slaps. And it's just like, and it hits really hard. It's a pretty good little Pokemon. It's got, oh, this one doesn't even have high horsepower yet, but high horsepower is its signature move that's really good, too. What does that do? 
Well, in fact, why doesn't it? Oh, because it has Earthquake, which I guess is more powerful. It's a ground move? Yeah, it's just a ground move that does 95 damage. But I guess at this point, but high horsepower, you know, wink, because it's a horse. But <laughs> Earthquake is better, I guess, technically. So she made the right move to delete that. But I think Mudsdale's great. I think Mudsdale's great. Yeah, it stomped my ass. It fucking stomped my ass. Not in a, not in a good way. Yeah, Earthquake. Earthquake was, is trouble for me. I'm glad you don't have Earthquake, because Earthquake is a real problem for my team sometimes. I will be having it soon enough. <laughs> Eventually, you do beat her. She gives you the ground-type Z crystal. Uh, I guess... I don't have anyone I could put that on at this point. I don't either, and I don't think I will. And then our our journey is done. Yeah. Right? I think so. Our next leg is we go to ascend Mount Lanakila. And take on the Elite Four. Kukui's little scheme kukui's cooking up an elite four for us well i'm gonna chew through him kukui don't you worry joshua i think you and i deserve a battle we haven't done one in weeks especially when you have so many levels my levels are so much higher than yours and i think my team is really great so it's just gonna be me getting stomped by the mudsdale this time let's go do it metaphorically bug catchers we will be back in just a moment uh and let you know the result of this battle Mm -hmm. i'm gonna win if you don't i would be very embarrassed for you. If I don't, it would be fitting. It would be fitting in a long line of embarrassing losses to you. <laughs> be right back, bug catchers. Josh, that was... I would say that went about as as expected. Yeah, although... I mean, I think it went a little worse than I was expecting because I just never even heard of the move first impression. Yeah, first impression really good. And that's what your Galissapod used on my Alolan Raichu when I thought I would probably be faster than it and get my stoked Spark Surfer Z move off on you. But first impression takes priority. Yeah, and it Josh. was a one-hit KO, and then... I mean, I've never heard of this fucking move, so how was I supposed to know that? Well, study the playbook next time. It's a signature move. I didn't know you were going to have Galissapod this week, uh, and it's a bug move, so that was Curtains, and that was my most powerful Pokemon. I was trying to set up some nasty plots on a, a Persian Alolan, and you took care of that pretty handily. I don't even remember what you did. Oh, close combat. Yeah, my Pissimian took out your Persian in one hit. Even though Persian has incredible defense stats, and... Fur coat, which is supposed to have physical damage to it. Close combat is just a really hard move, huh? Yeah, it's really good. And my Pissimian's great. Yeah. And then uh, what, a, what were the other highlights here? You took out Salazzle, but only just because I like left it in. Yeah, and it managed to use Toxic on... And then Venishock. Who? On Talonflame. Talonflame, yeah. That was rough. Even though I almost had... I had it on the ropes with Acrobatics, but... Oh, and then it, it one-hitted Noivern, too, with Dragon Pulse. Let's not forget that. Yeah. <laughs> you got rid of Noivern. I had... Um, I mean, I also just had a distinct level advantage with Ninetales and Delmise. Uh, I also... I had put choice specs on Ninetales, and that backfired because I had to use Confuse Ray against Salazzle and then swap it out for Talonflame and that's how Talonflame got killed and then Ninetales was able to make a pretty good extra sensory on Salazzle and that's what killed it I think but then I was trapped to have to use it again against Giovanni Incineroar which obviously is immune to and then after that it was kind of like I mean then it was Delmize versus Incineroar so that was a joke couldn't do anything double disadvantage is Ghost Grass 
against Fire Dark? No. No, but um, Ghost is not very effective. And then, I mean, both of them are not very effective against you and you have super effective moves. So it was curtains from the beginning. I think I will have a good matchup against you once I have my levels I hope so. straight and I have my moves. I hope so, because this is the team, unless Buzzwold decides to, to try to find his way out of the team. I think you're looking at it. I mean, Alolan Raichu and Noivern are disadvantaged against you, but I will certainly not. I will only double down on Alolan Raichu, but this... Noivern is now useful in game, but All right. versus you, not useful. So I might think about it still. Let's do it for next week and let's set a level cap. What do you want to say? 70? I would prefer to just say we should just level them out in showdown because if it's level cap, I'm ne- I'm okay, guarantee okay, okay, you fine. I will never fine, make fine. it to 70 with all these Pokemon. Fine. Let's do that. I just don't have time. <laughs> We'll do that. I think we could do it both ways where we just do whatever our levels are at and then cap them and see how how it goes. But I will do my dangdest to raise the levels. It's just hey! I'm going to I'm going to Long Island this weekend, man. I'm taking a trip. I'm not going to be able to grind it out. Well, enjoy your vacation. I'm sick, so I'll be at home in bed. Joshua, that's it. I beat you. I am the king of Pokemon for now. And I am ready to go. Bugcatchers, Joshua, thank you for joining me. And thank you for joining us on this show. If you like the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Or you can follow the show on whatever podcatcher has following as a mechanic. Mm -hmm. That's where you listen to podcasts. That's what they're called. You can follow us on um, Twitter and Instagram, which also have following mechanics. Yeah. At EXP Share Pod. And you can, I think Reddit is still subscribed to our community, our subreddit. Oh, yeah. What a community. Reddit.com slash r slash bugcatchers, where soon a new trainer of the season will be announced because we have three episodes left here and we will eminently be battling the winner of last season's level check and trainer of the season. Now that we are going into the end of this one. Yeah. That's how long it takes us to figure it out. We're going to do that. Um, and I guess maybe we'll just make that part of Chasing Waterfalls from here on out. Yeah, where we do all of our final housekeeping. And then you can also check out our merch at expsharepod.com. Next week, we have uh, the Elite Four or like the Pokemon League or whatever it's called here. See you on Mount Lanakila. And then um, we'll be back with Chasing Waterfalls. I think we're we're going to have a couple guests lined up for those ones. So Yeah, we're working on be it. Be excited for those. It's a two-parter. Two-part. Chasing Waterfalls, it looks like. It's a big game. Yeah. Big waterfall to chase. And apparently a whole new bad guy squad that we're going to be introduced to. Oh, my God. There was a little business with Guzma this week. We rescued him. He thanked us. But then he sort of like stalked off in sort of a menacing way. He was kind of snivelly about it. Yeah. So we'll see. Joshua Bugcatchers. Hello. Alola. And smell you